reach 24 hours a day, easy to talk to, and ready to do what's right for you. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. For those who bleed silver and black, tune in weekdays at 2 for Silver and Black Today with Scott Volbranson here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, KRLV Las Vegas. Live from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada, it's Silver and Black Today, your daily dose of all things Las Vegas Raiders football. News, views, guests, and your phone calls are all part of the game plan. There's only one nation, and it listens here. Now your host, Scott Culbranson. Welcome back on this Wednesday, Silver and Black Today. Your guides through the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada, Scott Branson, along with Hondo Carpenter of Sports Illustrated's Raider Maven website. Make sure you follow Hondo at Hondo Carpenter on Twitter. We are talking all things Raiders football. We're talking NFL football. Hope you're doing well. You can be part of the conversation. As always, the show powered by our good friends, Sam and Ash, the injury attorneys. Make sure you call them if you need them, 702 820 Four, because you deserve what's right. We're back here. We're talking. We also want you to be part of the conversation. Been getting a lot of great calls today about Raider Nation's favorite Raiders badasses. These are the nasty of the nastiest. The guys that when you watch them play, you could not wait for them to lay some wood against opponents like the Broncos or the Chiefs or the Steelers. So that's what we're doing today, and we want to hear what you guys have to say. Tell us who your favorite is. Uh, We'll get you on the air. 702-365-9200 is the number. And you can talk to our man, Damon, in the studio. He'll get you uh, right through to us, and we'll get you on the air. But, Honda, the one thing I want to talk about is we talked in the, in the last several weeks since the end of the season, uh, there's been a lot made about this whole situation around the quarterback carousel. Why are quarterbacks being moved? Why suddenly, you know, the, the Rams go to a Super Bowl, they extend, they give Jared, Jared Goff the big contract, and two years later, he's gone, uh, and he's in Detroit. So when you you look at the situation to me there's 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 really three or four reasons why this is happening and I, I want to discuss this with you Honda because you know football so well is number one to me is the reason you're starting to see this and, and it's being foreign is that coaches and quarterbacks and GMs are under more pressure than ever to win and win now and also that that uh, because of the contract situations, they can't make big mistakes that they got to get stuck with for six years. And we'll talk about how that's different now with the 2011 CBA that kind of changed that. But when you look at this situation, I mean, would you disagree, Hondo, that today, if you're a quarterback, you're a coach, or you're a GM in the NFL, there's more pressure than ever to win and win quickly? Well, that's part of the reason why guys are being given up on right now. Fans are that way. And then this is one thing I don't think that that people give Mark Davis credit for. By giving John Gruden a 10-year deal, mm-hmm. it allowed them to go out and tell the fans, okay, no matter what you think, he's safe. Just like in Pittsburgh, no matter how mad the fans get, they're not getting rid of a coach because of the fans. And the teams that do well and have sustained success, keep when they find the guy, they keep him in place. Mark, Mark Davis thought John was that guy. Because look, at, there's a lot of guys out there, and if you don't think fans 
move the needle on a lot of franchises, you're completely wrong. Let me tell you a great story, and I would challenge any people in Raider Nation who don't believe this to ask Matt Millen himself. We've talked about it. You can go to to our Raider Maven uh, site and find my podcast with Matt. I'm, I called Matt and told him he was getting fired before the Lions did. <laughs> I want you to Terrible. think about that. Uh, okay? So I call Matt and I go, listen, I'm your dear friend. I love you. And I'm not going to let this information be there and you to get and you to get hammered. And he goes, really? It's happening? I said, yeah, it's happening. He goes, okay. I mean, he had no clue was coming. There's so much pressure. And yeah. people, and I think that was one of the brilliant things that Mark Davis did. He brought in John Gruden and said, okay, John, you're my guy. I'm married to you. There's no pressure. I mean, there's pressure because you're making 10 large a year. But I want you to go rebuild it from the floor up, build the foundation, so then it sustains. And I think it was brilliant because now, let me tell the fans this. You don't like Derek Carr as your quarterback? Suck it up, buttercup. He is. John Gruden doesn't care. John Gruden wants him. John Gruden isn't going to be moved by, you know, all of a sudden people mad. You know, there's a lot of people screaming and yelling for Jadavian Clowney last year. Um, how did he do? He wouldn't have helped this team. So I love that. I think it's one of the brilliant things, and you're right, because of social media and all of the pressure, teams are giving up on guys now quick. Yeah, and to me, that that's part of it. I mean, look, you talk about John Gruden's 10-year contract, and, and that's a long one. But if you look at coaches who have just recently signed, the standard is becoming six years. And the reason it's becoming six years is because what, what organizations, they want organizational stability. And so what they're telling their teams, and this also goes for players who they, who they draft and want to sign. If you're a player and you come in and a coach has got a three-year deal, you don't know what's going to happen. So that organizational stability, six-year contracts mean that a team is committed. Now, John Gruden's is four years longer than that, uh, but nonetheless, it's definitely that. The other thing is first-round quarterbacks now, Hondo, they don't cost as much as they used to when you look at the way things are structured. The 2011 CBA changed all that. There's less money committed to quarterbacks. If you remember, before 2011, that's when you had those massive quarterback deals like Sam Bradford and Eli Manning. They were whoppers, right? And that hamstrung teams. Then in 2011, they changed the CBA, and that allowed teams the ability to roll over cap room from one year to the next, which got which gave basically teams flexibilities so that they can deal with cutting the cord early if they have to. So so quarterbacks, even though we see these big deals and they get big bonuses up front, they're they're fundamentally different than they used to be. Yeah, and I think that was one of the brilliant things that the NFL was able to do. I I, I remember covering that when they changed within part of the CBA how they did it. And one of the things that I thought was brilliant is the NFL went to the Players Association and said, listen, we're having to cut veterans because mm-hmm. we're paying so much money. And and we need you to understand we're willing to, to up the salary cap. We're willing to put the cap there so that we got to spend the money, but let us spend it on the veterans and not having to cut them. I thought that was one of the few times the NFL and the NFLPA come together and did what was right for both groups. Yeah, they did, and and it's, it's the thing about that too is quarterbacks don't get the money, and and a, when when the trade happened with the Lions and the Rams with Stafford and Goff, a lot of people were saying, well, why did they give him that extension then if they didn't believe in him? Again, these are some of the reasons. It wasn't that the Rams and and with the Eagles with Carson Wentz too. It wasn't that they they were they did it wrong. 
wrong by giving them an extension. They were evaluating the players, I think, or they, they, they evaluated the player poorly. They gave them the right contracts. I think some people f- forget that, and they, they don't know the business side of things. But because of the way that CBA changed everything, um, I think that's why you're seeing this. And so now, when you look at the way this is happening, when you look at quarterbacks in the league, um, th- th- this is how I think this is the model you're going to see moving forward. And that is you might go get a guy – and you might even extend him after two or three years as a rookie. That doesn't mean that they're long for that team, depending on what happens. If their talent evaluation was right on, then yeah, more than likely he's going to be there. But I think this, this, this movement in the league at the quarterback position is unparalleled in, from the past, and a lot of it was forged in 2011 when this happened. All right, we're going on the phone lines, and we're bringing in Aiden. Aiden, hey, man, what's going on? You're on with Hondo and Scott. Hey, how's it going, Scott? How's it going, Good, brother? So, I'm going to go a little off topic from quarterback since this is my last time to call in, and I am going to miss you guys. And I haven't gotten a call in with Hondo, so I thought this would be really exciting. But Good to I talk looking, to you, buddy. It was good to talk to you. I was looking at this guy from Tulsa, this linebacker, Zayvon Collins, and I haven't heard a lot of people talking about him going to the Raiders because everybody's on Oshakor Moa and Barmore, and obviously it depends on what we do in free agency. But Zayvon Collins is a guy that, when I watch his film, I think he'd be the perfect Leo linebacker, Nicholas Morrow replacement. At 6'4", 260, he's fast, he plays great zone coverage, he's got good instincts against the run, great tackling, and I don't hear anyone talking about him. When he wins the award for best defensive player in college football and he goes to Tulsa instead of like a USC, Alabama, those kind of schools, I mean, he's a guy that you got to look at, but I haven't heard anybody talk about him, and I think he'd be excellent in that cover three, and he'd be good against the run. I, I don't know. I just I wish I'd hear more people talk about him, and I want to hear you guys' opinion on him. Yeah, Zayvon Collins, a good player. Former, he played in high school. He actually went to Tulsa. He was a quarterback. Um, and now he is one of those hybrid guys like JOK from Notre Dame, like you say, linebacker safety. And Hondo, he is a good guy. I mean, listen, I think he'll be a starter in the NFL. I don't know where he slots in at the draft. I haven't done my my heavy mock drafting yet to kind of see where he's going to be profiled. But I, I like the guy a lot, and I think he does have what you need, whether he's defending the run or he's in coverage. And by the way, he also rushes the passer. I think that's where uh, the similar similarities to JOK are, are, are similar, and I I think that playing in that hybrid position, he's going to have a good career in the NFL. And and there's no saying, uh, Aiden, that that he isn't on the, the the radar for the Raiders. He very well could be at 6'4", 265, I think he is. Um, he is a guy coming out as a junior. He's a guy that uh, that definitely, I'm sure, is going to be in a lot of time. The, the problem is, uh, will they be able to nab him? Uh, is he a first-rounder? I don't know. I know. I don't see him in the first round. So when you get into the second or third round, probably second round, uh, he may be gone before they have an opportunity to grab him. Totally agree. And by yeah. the way, Scott, you know, I want you to know we previewed him. If you're wondering about him, we, we wrote a story about him at uh, Raider Maven, Sports Illustrated's Raider Maven. You can go read. 
Yeah, and he's got he's got. I mean, I I can tell you that, um, for example, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that I've seen around him, Aiden has been uh, that Bill Belichick really has targeted him. He's he's that kind of guy, or any of the kind of Bill Belichick uh, people that are out there, former coaches, because uh, he fits well in that style of defense. Uh, so we'll see if he does it. And I I think that um, it, it all depends where he goes. Uh, but but definitely a great talent, and and like Hondo said, go read their story on it. It's good stuff. Aiden, thanks for the call, brother. Thanks, Aiden. No problem, Scott. Thank you, Hondo. Oh, and I forgot my my favorite Raider badass is actually Jack Tatum. There you he, go. Oh my, yeah, how can you go wrong with that one? Yeah, you can't go wrong with that one. I'm looking forward to you to to keep your YouTube shows and and those live streams and and best wishes. I, I hope you get better, and I hope you're you're feeling good. All right, man. I appreciate that so much. And uh, say hello to your mom and pops for me. That is Aiden, uh, Aiden, who is part of the Dr. Jen's Ultimate Protein Bar family. So uh, good to hear from Aiden. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing. You know, there's so many there's so many good players. I think Zayvon Collins is the perfect example why you highlighted him because he fits nicely with what the Raiders might want to do. And and that, that whole that whole safety slash linebacker uh, hybrid, Hondo, and you cover college football too and have for a long time, you're starting to see that. That's not going anywhere. That's part of the league from now on. It's part of college football, and it's part of youth football now too. No, and you know what's funny? It's the same way with, I remember a few years ago, mobile quarterbacks. Yep. People said, well, it, you know, these, go, these colleges are going to have to change because their 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 guys aren't getting drafted. Well, now now the pros are changing. Same thing with the hybrid, like you just talked about. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, that opens up a phone line for you. 702-365-9200 is the number. But Hondo, back to the quarterback thing in, in the league. And if you look at all of what's been happening with this stuff, uh, with guys moving around, and I'm sure we're not done yet. Um, when you're when you're an NFL GM, and since you talk to them all the time, you, you have to constantly, you, you no longer... Uh, you, you, I should. Well, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Oh, okay. So here we go. Um, you have to admit to mistakes cl- quickly, and if you've re- if you've evaluated a player, especially a quarterback, if you've evaluated a player and you're a little bit off, or you don't have full confidence that this is the person to take you to where you need to go, then you have to move off quickly. And I think that's where back to the first point I made about uh, um, uh, quarterback situations is. Coaches and GMs are under more pressure than ever. And so, so now, you know, if you're a team with a bad scouting department, Cincinnati, um, you, you can't afford to, to, to have bad picks, especially at key positions like that. I agree. And one of the things that happens is, is you know, the more money brings more pressure. And there's a lot of big money flowing around. So when you start making bad picks, people forget the ones you got right, Scott. They remember the ones you got wrong. Yeah, no, exactly. No, <laughs> that's always the case. As as you know too, when there's a when there's an error in a story, or you said something wrong on the radio, uh, you hear from about a hundred people. Uh, versus when you're doing well, you hear from like two. Uh, but nonetheless, it's it's just the way it goes. You have to. That's what goes with the territory of having the job, right? I mean, it's part of the blessing of being uh, in the professional sports realm. Is is you're under a microscope all the time. All right, we're gonna take a break now. When we come back from the break, we're gonna be joined by Chris Matthews from News 8 Sports here in Las Vegas. Chris, 24 years in Las Vegas. That qualifies him as a, as a native. Uh, and so we're going to talk to him about the changing landscape of sports in Las Vegas and what he's seen over that time and what the arrival of the Raiders has meant to the city of Las Vegas. You're with Hondo and Scott here on Silver and Black Today on Raider Nation Radio. 
autumn wind is a raider. And when it blows, it comes from the Las Vegas desert. Back to Silver and Black today, here on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Bringing it back with some Metallica on a Wednesday. Does that get you through your hump day? Hopefully. A little energy going there, huh? Scott Branson, Hondo Carpenter, back with you here on Silver and Black today. Hope you're having a great day. We are. We're, we're, we're bringing it all, aren't we, Hondo? We're talking a little bit about everything. We're literally talking about a plethora of topics. So if you're going to call in, bring it strong. Because if you're not bringing it strong, we don't need you to interrupt it. The show's good. You better just make it better or stay off the phone. You know, when you say the word plethora, you know what movie that reminds me of? What's that? Three Amigos. Oh, Don't you remember yeah. Three Amigos? Yeah. A plethora? Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, we devolve into movies from the 80s and 90s. All right. Uh, we are now going to go out on the newsmaker line and bring in our good friend, a guy I sat next to at a lot of the games this year, and we had some great conversations. That is, of course, Chris Matthews. You can follow him on Twitter, at Sports8, from 8 News Now here in Las Vegas. And, Chris, I want to congratulate you, man. 24 years at News 8 here in Las Vegas. Uh, it's gone by quick, hasn't it? You know, it really hasn't when you think about it. I, first of all, appreciate you having me on, and and uh, best of luck to you. Also, I didn't realize, Scott, you were uh, you were moving on or, or whatever. So, uh, but I just heard that driving in that this is it. So, but uh, <laughs> hey, good luck to you. It, it has been my pleasure to get to know you at these games. Like going back to uh, yeah, twenty four years here in Las Vegas. It's funny because I'll run into some of these college kids who, uh, yeah, I was in elementary school when. I, First, first watched you or saw you, and and then you know you get some of these UNLV rebels that played here. We were covering them when they were playing for you know perhaps John Robinson or or uh, Horton before that, and now they've gone on. They got families, they're doctors, they're they're uh, businessmen, and and it's just it's kind of weird that way because I don't really feel like I'm that old. Uh, you know, I can get around, <laughs> still have fun doing things. That uh, but those kind of incidents remind me, hey, Chris. You are getting older. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, and I mean, even like Demond back in the studio, who's who's producing and running our show today. He's 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 he he could be my son. And so when I when I come <laughs> when I come across these guys that we work with or we see professionally, and they could be your son, I'm like, holy crap, where did the years go? But Chris, you came in what it was ninety six, ninety seven, right? Yeah, I got here in ninety seven. Uh, fun time. It was you know I, I missed all the glory years that. Uh, that people talk about with the Runner Rebels and the national championship and, and those uh, great basketball teams. But guy, I got here when, when things kind of started to move and make some moves, and, and uh, Rebels got to that sweet 16. The, uh, yeah. Perhaps my, my, one of my biggest highlights probably would be that uh, Mountain Ridge Little League baseball team that got yeah. to the uh, U.S. championship. I mean, there are so many cool events. That might be my, my number one, and, of course, maybe number two would be the uh, – Golden Knights getting to the Stanley Cup final in 2017-18, but that Little League team was... You remember Monet, uh, Monet Davis and that team and yes. they had to beat them. And, I mean, it was... That was, a, that was a real highlight of my entire career, that Little League team. Yeah, no, it was a great, a great, great time. And I know, too, for me, I was a, I was a sports intern at Channel 8, but I was done in 95 because I graduated from UNLV in 95. And so you came oh, okay. a couple of years later. So, so Dave McCann, of course, who you worked with there, too, uh, was, was the guy who, who, used to, who used to throw me stuff in the edit bays and say, here, put this together. So uh, it, it's uh, the, the old days. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, we talk also, about right? – what, what, Was that? Was Scott Higgins here also? Yeah. Yes, he was. 
Yeah, when yeah. I first started, that Channel Eighty was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but That's when right. we look at we look at sports, Chris, and what you've seen over your time in Las Vegas, it's really remarkable because, like you said, when you got here, when I first got here at the end of the Rebels' run in Las Vegas, that was the show in town, and then it kind of slowed down a little bit, and there was a lot of different things. I mean, we, you remember the Las Vegas Sting. You remember all of these kind of pro, quote-unquote, pro franchises that saw the opportunity and the potential in Las Vegas but could never make it run, and then you could never get the big leagues talk a little bit about those those years and the experimentation of, of pro sports in las vegas that you saw yeah you know and you mentioned it too it's crazy too uh when you when you get here and there's all these you know pro sport leagues coming through and hey they're gonna do this they're gonna do that we're gonna have an aba basketball team uh lionel hollins is gonna be the coach and all these different things and remember he hate me I, 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 I'm yeah. still surprised that league didn't work out because in Las Vegas, remember, yeah, you were out there. It was packed. Place was yeah. absolutely packed. They had the uh, the names on the back. He hate me and different players and so forth. I thought this is pretty cool. Place was jam packed. It was a lot of fun. Then remember the Gladiators come in here, indoor football. First game was jam packed over at the Thomas Mac. Hey, this might make it. Nothing was able to stand uh, except for baseball. Don Logan's done a terrific job with the Triple uh, A team. That's that's you know stood the test of time. People love it now. That new Las Vegas ballpark, they love it even more. But so many things that come, you know, the Thunder, they they fold. Uh, then you had the Wranglers, they they linger on. And Billy Johnson over there, the general manager, had all these cool ideas for minor league hockey. They'd have a game at night. Uh, they'd have a you know a retro game and have all these cool little things that kind of like Major League Baseball or Minor League Baseball does now with the little promotions they did on the hockey side over there at the Orleans. So you know that that came and went with the, the with the arrival of the Golden Knights and and then you had the big boxing stories and remember there was a time I want to say it might have been the uh, uh, late nineties ninety nine two thousand two thousand one where where boxing kind of had a little bit of a lull. Where you didn't have the mm-hmm. big fights, and you know Oscar De La Hoya, it, it's just there was kind of like wow, we're, and the fights were leaving Las Vegas, and we were talking to uh, Mark Ratner, who was the executive director, and asking him, boy, Mark, why are all these big fights leaving Las Vegas? What's going on? This is the fight capital of the world, and you know, yeah, I don't know if you remember that. So that that was kind of interesting. Then the UFC rolls around. I still remember. Um, UFC, I can't remember the, the PR, the guy who, for, uh, Frank was his name maybe, or anyway, they would call and say uh, uh, to Dave McCann and myself, hey, we have a fight this weekend. Can you guys please come over and cover this fight? And it was a lot of grappling. It was before all the big popular <laughs> names sprung up. And we, yeah, we'll try to get over there if we can. You know, we'd go over once in a while and see these fights. And it was the, the birth of UFC. And, and so we've seen that thing growing. Like Dana White said, hey, this thing's going to rival the NFL someday. Well, you know, it probably has actually around the world with, with how popular the UFC has become. And now we got fights back. And it was great to see right before the uh, pandemic, we had the Tyson Fury-Wilder fight, the big heavyweight fight. They're back because, you know, we all know the heavyweights kind of, that's, that's what kind of drives that sport. And so it was great to see, you know, a big heavyweight fight that actually meant something to pack the, the uh, Grand Garden Arena. And the, the, those two characters made a, a lot of fun. So, you know, it's, 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 I really, I've been blessed. I actually I have to say I've been blessed here in Las Vegas. I wouldn't want to go anywhere else. I love it here in Las Vegas. The sports is terrific and, and it just kind of keeps getting better and better. 
Yeah, no, and it's 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 been so much fun to see it grow. Again, Chris Matthews is our guest uh, from News Eight here in in uh, Las Vegas. You can follow him on Twitter at Sports Eight. And Chris, you know the growth of sports. The one thing that I always ask when I moved away from Las Vegas and then came back, one of the things people always ask me is like, is what how how's Vegas? Is is it a good sports town? And I always explain, and and they would say to me, well, yeah, we understand it's a good sports town if you're coming to visit and you want to bet on games. But what about living there? And 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 I always told them it's a great sports town and for you someone who's a journalist on tv a lot of people might say well geez before before these teams came before the golden knights and before the raiders uh, might say well what do you do what do you report on but in reality not only did you have the, the college sports and high school sports and of course the triple a team here in town but th- there was always something going on whether it was some kind of show where you had a lot of nfl guys or you had major league baseball players or you had winter meetings there's always something going on and that hasn't changed has it? No, it really hasn't. And you mentioned that my mind kind of races through all these different kind of cool, odd, unique kind of stories that you mentioned. I always said Las Vegas, and it's changed now, but if you went back 10 years, you would say, you know, Las Vegas is the greatest sports event town because they had so many cool sports events, whether it be, uh, like you mentioned, NFL players or NBA players, you had the PGA golf, you had the women's golf, you had the senior uh, tour that would roll through here. Um, so a lot of great sports events, but you wouldn't say it was a great ongoing sports town. You'd say it's a great sports event town. Well, now it's a great ongoing sports town with the Raiders, the Knights, someday the NFL. Don't forget the Aces. They're fabulous. Um, so it's it's really has changed, and, it, and it's been kind of neat to see and fun to, to kind of cover some of those goofy stories that just, you know, table tennis, uh, billiards, darts that come, the, the world championship darts. Uh, we've had curling come through here where it's, uh, you know, it's packed. And there are, I mean, anything that you can think of, and it's a shame this pandemic stalled everything and it cost the city $2 billion in economic benefits and, and so forth. But uh, anything that you can think of is rolled through Las Vegas and it's always a lot of fun to cover. It is, and uh, we appreciate your coverage. That's the one thing, too. When we would do press conferences via Zoom uh, this year, the one thing, Chris, and, and this is, and this is, I want to give you this compliment because in, in the business, you come across people who are very curmudgeonly sometimes for whatever reason. They got their reasons. I don't know what it is. I don't ask. Um, but you, you, you get a lot of dynamic personalities. You are always upbeat. Uh, and, and to me, that's how, if you're covering sports, you would think that that's how you should be, right? Because, hey, you're covering sports. <laughs> Sports. You get to cover the stuff that you love. There's so many great stories. There's so many great uh, comeback stories, personal interest stories. Um, talk a little bit about your philosophy when you go out and you talk about the Knights or you talk about the Raiders or you cover something locally. You know what goes through your mind and and talk a little bit about that in your career and, and why you're able to do that. I've always been amazed. It's funny you brought that up because I've always been amazed. Why does somebody get into this business if they don't go to the event? They don't go to the game. They don't go meet and talk to the coaches. Why would you just sit in an office and put together a sports cast and, and call it a day when you can actually get out, see the players, meet the players, uh, establish contacts, get to know these different coaches and the owners. I mean, one of my, one of my favorite uh, uh, experiences was we were the first station in North America. Well, 
uh, in, in the United States, south of the border of Canada, uh, to go up and talk to Bill Foley. And, and my first experience with him at his big uh, house there was so phenomenal. I mean, we, we drive up to this big snowstorm up in, outside of Kalispell, where he owns a big cabin, <laughs> and we get there, and we set up, and Bill didn't really, he didn't really understand the TV business. Wow, you can do all that right here with this camera. And they said, yeah, we can do everything. We can, you know, feedback reports and all that. And uh, we're just getting ready to, uh, you know, leave. And he said, where are you guys staying tonight? Oh, we'll go get a, a, a place down here in uh, Kalispell. Oh, no, no. I got these cabins. We'll get them set for you. Makes a phone call, gets the cabin set. So then <laughs> uh, we're getting ready to leave. And he, what are you guys having for dinner? Oh, well, there's a bunch of restaurants in Kalispell. And uh, we'll just gonna, no, no, no. I own a couple of these restaurants. We'll have them deliver it out to us. And so we sat there. He didn't know us from Adam. We met him for the first time that day. Here we are staying at his cabins. Here we are eating dinner with, uh, with his family, his wife, who they didn't bring enough uh, spaghetti. So she's over there cooking some extra spaghetti for us. As a, <laughs> as a family, the Foley family, me and a photographer, were around this big wood table eating dinner with Bill Foley, the nicest guy um, that you would ever want to meet, the owner of the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm so appreciative of uh, the friendship that we have. I think I have to. I, I'll say he's a, he's a good friend of mine. I now it's not like we're calling each other to go out to dinner, but we respect <laughs> and have a, uh, a nice professional relationship, and I appreciate that. I've gotten to know some of the you know Mark Davis, as you well know. It's mm-hmm. neat that you can get out, and we and I bring it all back because I like to get out and meet the people, meet the coaches, yeah. meet the players, make. Who? What makes Las Vegas unique? Well, it's the mayor, it's the politicians, it's the uh, the city leaders, it's the uh, principals, it's the coaches, it's the players. It's just it's it's everything that makes Las Vegas what it is outside the Strip. Like you said, so many people. Hey, are you always on the Strip? No, we're not always. There's a, there's a whole city of two million <laughs> that live here that we do all kinds of cool things. It just happens that a lot of the events happen near the Strip. Yeah, no, and there's so much going on. I mean, the growth of high school sports here is big. I mean, when I was in college here, I remember how small I did a I did a, a small internship sports writing at the Sun back when it was still a daily, and um, they sent me to cover a girls' uh, high school uh, a basketball game, and I think the final score was fourteen to eleven. And so it was, it was a different time. Now you have all these talented kids as the area has grown and you have kids from California all over the country. Uh, but before, as we finish up with you, Chris, um, obviously the Raiders, you know, the one, the one thing I always believed even back to when I was a student here and I was interning at Channel 8 and I was interning all over the place in sports was that the, NFL, the NFL was made for Las Vegas because of the number of dates, because of football, because, as you mentioned earlier, nobody does events better than Las Vegas. Talk about the arrival of the Raiders for you, the business of television, and then just overall for the city, even though everybody hasn't been able to enjoy it yet. Yeah, that's one of those sports that everybody would always ask, and they still ask. Like Right now they're asking, hey, Chris, you think we're getting an NBA franchise? I think, yeah, you know what, I actually do think we're going to get an NBA franchise. But and then you know we would and then you know hockey was you know no one really brought that up much, but when they would ask what about NFL, I would always say no chance. There's no chance Vegas will ever get an NFL franchise because remember how remember how the NFL kind of treated Las Vegas. You couldn't even have ads uh, promoting Las Vegas in Super Bowl. You couldn't use the name. Now when I first got here, we would have these Super Bowl parties and you know Deacon Jones or some of these old players would come up and they would the, the hotel or a casino would call and say chris can you host a super bowl party we have deacon jones and you know whoever else there oh yeah and so we come by and we we kind of talk and give out shirts and all that well then remember it got to the point where you couldn't even use the name super bowl 
you have to call it the big game and and uh, all that. So it just kind of, in, in that sense, when you think about how it, you know, when it was like not even a chance to that very first meeting, what was it in 2016 or I, I believe or something in mm-hmm. in uh, March or somewhere where where Mark Davis and David Beckham rolled onto the UNLV campus in this uh, conference room and said, hey, if you build a stadium and put $750 million into it, I'll bring my team here. We'll donate this, and, or we'll put up this much, and da-da-da-da-da. And it all came to fruition, but I thought, this is the coolest time ever to have the Raiders. <laughs> of all the franchises, it's not the Chargers, it's not the, the Jaguars, it's the Raiders who are going to be coming to Vegas. And I remember just, oh, I hope these owners – you know, appreciate what we have here. I really think that we did a, an interview with Jerry Jones um, prior to all this happening when they were talking about this, and he was all for Las Vegas having the franchise. I think he gets it. Some yeah. guys really get it. You know, Las Vegas is a unique city. It sells itself. It's got the name. Now, Vegas doesn't need the Raiders. The Raiders really don't need Vegas, but it, Vegas sells itself. The name Las Vegas is so valuable, and, and uh, you, anything you bring here will almost work. Yeah, no, it's true. And and I mean, obviously, the, the, the Supreme Court decision on gaming, I think, helped a lot, too, uh, because that took, for some, it took away at least some sort of stigma uh, that, that the league thought was there. But then once that went away, it was gone. But Chris, listen, again, thank you so much for being with us and sharing your experiences with us. And congratulations. Of course, uh, Chris is an Emmy-winning uh, um, uh, journalist. He's, he's won numerous Emmys. He's a sports director over at KLS-TV Channel 8 here in town. Chris, thanks again so much, man. And we'll see you around pretty soon thank you very much scott and all the best to you god bless and, and stay healthy and strong and hope, hopefully everything works out for you yeah it will i'm sure i'm a positive thinker thanks my friend take care of yourself thank you you bet uh-huh. all right there you go chris matthews uh well just uh, again one of the, the great guys uh here in local sports and in local journalism in las vegas if, if you're outside of las vegas uh and you ever encounter chris he will take the time to talk to you and get to know you he's that kind of guy okay we're going to take our final break when we come back hondo and i will be joined by our colleague Vinny bonsignor we'll talk to him the raiders made an official cut today we'll talk about that and and we'll try to get to a phone call if we if we have any left. 702-365-9200. You're with Hondo and Scott on Silver and Black today on Raider Nation Radio. From Stabler to Plunkett and Allen to Jacobs, we've got your Raiders covered on Silver and Black today. Here's your host, Scott Colbranson. Welcome back. Silver and Black today here on a hump day, Wednesday Scott Branson, Hondo Carpenter with you. We've got a couple callers we want to get to right away. We're going out first to Tim, who's been really patient through the whole interview. Tim, you're on with Scott and Hondo. What's going on today, buddy? Hey, Scott, Hondo. Um, I just want to talk about the draft a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, just I, I, To me as a fan... I'm, I've been disappointed in, in our drafts in quite a long time since maybe the 2014 draft. I think Cole Miller's starting to do really well, so I do like the pick. I just didn't like, you know, how how we went about it. But regardless, I, I this sounds crazy, but I really think that, and and just for the first round, that maybe that either Gruden or Mayock, whoever's making this decision, needs to just look at a mock draft. I mean, if you look at other mock drafts, like a Mel Kuyper mock draft, I would say if we went for the safe picks in these past few years, I think we would have better players. And some people go, oh, we don't know that. Maybe they end up playing differently for the team, and that may be the case. 
I just feel like every time it's the first round, we always just, you know, everyone's going right, and we just make a left, and we, we, we reach. We make a big reach, and I don't know. That's just, as a fan, that's how I feel. I, I look at these mock drafts, because that's all we really have to go by as fans, and I look back to see who they have us getting, and it's just like, if we got those guys, you know, we, we'd be fine right now. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguar linebacker, when we got Carl Joseph, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, Josh, Josh Allen, DN, uh, Devin White. I mean, I could just, I could think of years and years. 2014, Cleo Mack. I was like, that was the happiest time for me, you know. Uh, and, and I was so happy. I'm like, man, this guy's going to be great, you know. And, and it was just kind of like a no-brainer. Farrell, Farrell is a great player. He is. I just don't, for, for fourth pick overall, that, that was a breach. I don't know why we did that. And, it's just been frustrating, and I just want to throw that out there. Like, what do you think? Maybe we just pay attention to a, a mock draft and just play it safe in the first round. It's like, I think we do pretty well in the mid-rounds. I feel like we always find some good talent there. It's just, for whatever reason, Raiders just haven't been good in the first round. So yeah, I just want to I, leave, I, it, leave it at that. Yeah, Tim, no, I hear you, and thank you for the call. Um, I think two things. One is, and Honda, you can comment on this too, I think one thing is there's so many mock drafts that you read names, and so for you that becomes like, hey, that's the safe pick, but we know necessarily what the NFL teams and what Mike Mayock remember Mike Mayock who used to do one of the more red mock drafts uh, out there up until a couple years ago when he joined the Raiders so I, I hear what you're saying though I get what you're saying is that sometimes picks happen and you're like what because the conventional thought has this but but Hondo inside the draft room of an NFL team you never really know where the team's at and who they have ranked on their board no and I told you earlier Rick Goslin who really perfected the mock draft when he was with the Dallas Morning News, Hall of Fame writer, Hall of Fame voter. He talked about teams would call him. He talked about it in a podcast that's going to drop tomorrow for us, how teams would call him while they were on the clock. Hey, what do you think yeah. this team's going to do if we do this? It's 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 amazing. It's so crazy. when you say, gee, I want to follow the mock drafts, you know, Rick Goslin is considered by almost everybody with a respected opinion to be the greatest mock draft writer of all times. And he said, if I could get 12 to 15 of them right, it was considered a smashing success. Because mm-hmm. once you get a trade, two teams are off the board. Yeah, that you're going to have who they get. So yeah, yeah I I, I, I I understand his zeal. But it's not realistic. <clears throat> yeah, no, I appreciate the call, Tim. All right, one more call in quickly here. It is MD, who apparently is at the DMV. What's going on, MD? Hey, what's going on, guys? I appreciate y'all. I'm not in the DMV. I'm from the DMV. That's part oh, of oh, uh, from the DMV. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I'm from the DMV. <laughs> so for me, it's definitely bittersweet because I've been, uh, since I'm in the DMV, I only get to hear really when you listen to our radio, the Redskins. Well, correction, the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. So I'm a football fan, so I definitely listen to it, but it's good that now I found a, a station that I can listen to. Granted, I got to listen to it through the Internet or whatever. So it's bittersweet with y'all going off. I appreciate Hondo bringing the energy once Q wasn't here, and I recently found y'all probably like around like week 10. Uh-huh. So I appreciate y'all and all that. So I just wanted to drop some of that and speak on. I've seen a lot of stuff about, uh, Leonard Williams probably will get tagged, and I guess the top three safeties might get tagged outside of Marcus Williams. So I wanted to hear y'all's opinion on who do you think outside of Delvin Thomason and those other safeties are the one or zero technique that you would 
thing that we should go after. Yeah, no, good question. And MD, thanks for the for the words, man. I appreciate it. Hondo, what, when you look at if, if all those guys, those top guys he talked about, are tagged, who who's who would be your go to if you're if you're um, uh, Mike Mayock and John Gruden? Who would you maybe target? Well, I mean, do you want to talk safety first? Yeah, just safety. Okay, if you're looking at the strong, I think there's a lot of guys that you can look at and, and make an assessment on. But I'm going to give you a couple that uh, that I like that I. Uh, I'm looking for, and the first, oh, man, I'm trying to get his name off the top of my head. Give me just one second. That's not a problem. That's not uh, a problem. Uh, <laughs> I talked about him on the show on Monday. You could tell the people, did or did we not? Oh, 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 oh. All right, I'm going to have to grab my notes. I'm not using notes today. That's okay. That's all but right. I talked about, did, did we or did we not on the show on Monday talk about names, and I gave you names. Yeah, no. I mean, I mean, there's, 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 there's guys out. There's Anthony Harris. There's, uh, I mean, we, we, Justin Simmons, who's going to get tagged anyway. Um, and then you have, you have Trey Boston, who's just yeah, hit the Trey market Bo- recently. Yeah. yeah, Boston was the one I was thinking about. Yes, and by the way, Vinny Bonsignor, who hosts In the Huddle, coming up next at four o'clock, is with us as well. And Vinny, uh, safeties that the Raiders. Uh, we, you heard the, the caller MD there talking about some of these guys are going to get tagged, so they won't really be on the market. Of the guys that are really expected to be on the market, who might be a good target for them? Well, and keep in mind, uh, I think the Raiders are they're set at strong safety. They're going to give uh, Jonathan Abram uh, more time uh, to develop. He's set at strong safety. They need free safety help. Uh, that was a uh, pretty much a black hole uh, for them, uh, really, these last couple of years, but certainly last year, uh, it was just a major area of weakness. So if you're looking at free safety, you're looking at John Johnson from the Rams. I do expect uh, John to hit the open market uh, with the Rams where they are on their salary cap and being extended as they are with Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald and now Matthew Stafford. Um, you know, It's going to be tough. They're going to be in a pinch to sign him, and I think he's, to me, uh, having seen him uh, up close and personal, uh, he's as good as they get at, at, at that position. Justin Simmons, I don't think, is going to hit the open market. Although they're they're you know uh, the reports in Denver are kind of confusing on on mm. what might happen with Justin Simmons. Marcus Williams from the New Orleans Saints, definitely Anthony Harris uh, from the Minnesota Vikings, a, a ball hawking guy that can cover that back end. Uh, Marcus May from the New York Jets, a little bit more of a strong safety, but uh, can play free safety. Uh, so those are the names that you're going to be hearing um, associated with the Raiders. It's definitely a position that they got to get squared away, and I think they go to free agency to get it fixed. Yeah, and Vinny, today they made, the Raiders made it official, and they parted ways with Terrell Williams. And so if you and we, we still don't have you know definitive word. We won't for a while, I think, uh, on whether or not um, – um, Nelson Aguilar comes back as a free agent or if they go another option. What are you hearing as far as options at wide receiver if they don't sign Nelson Aguilar, if they can't well, come if, to a deal? Yeah, uh, I'd be surprised if they didn't uh, sign, sign Nelson Aguilar. Um, but, you know, if you're, if, you're, if you're just talking about right now, um, you know, they're, they want to get Henry Ruggs, you know, uh, more touches. They want to get him more involved in the offense. They want to get uh, Brian Edwards more involved in the offense. There's high hopes uh, for the young wide receivers from South Carolina. So um, I, Nelson Aguilar is a, is a priority to come back. But at the same time, you know, there's a, uh, a real um, objective and curiosity uh, and want, really, uh, to get the younger guys more involved and, and, and on the field more. So, you know, you almost – 
you almost have to think, okay, uh, you don't want to get rid of Nelson Aguilar if you're the Raiders, but if you if you do lose him, that means that there's more of an opportunity, uh, especially for a Brian Edwards. Think about it. He was really the starter going into the season or, or yeah. right there as, as the starter. He gets hurt, uh, and then Nelson Aguilar uh, takes off, and you know, good for him, and he had a great year, and I think that's opened up some eyes around the league. But, um, you know, I don't know that the Raiders are going to be necessarily active um, on the free agency market, uh, you know, uh, with wide receiver, even if they're not able to come to terms with Nelson Aguilar. If they don't, I would think that they would probably uh, tap into the depth that's that wide receiver in, in in the draft and also, you know, basically go full go with Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs. You know, Benny, uh, first of all, Vinny, good to talk to you, my friend. You too. Uh, I was going to ask you, I, I said several weeks ago, I talked with a GM who said they thought that, that the Raiders would probably re-sign Nelson for $15 minute million total over two years, but that he was going to go check out free agency to see if others would pay him. But I, that fits right in what you just said to my thinking, is if somebody's willing to overpay him, the Raiders aren't. They want him. I think he wants to be here if all things are equal, but they're not going to overpay him. It's going to be what somebody's willing to pay him on the market. Agree or disagree? Yeah, and I don't, to be honest with you, um, and this is just a bad year, uh, you know, as good a year as Nelson Aguilar had, um, you know, it wasn't like just jaw-dropping by any Correct. stretch of the imagination. So um, he's that's number one. Number two, in this market where it's going to be glutted with players uh, that hit the that hit the open market, whether they're free agents that we can visually see and project right now uh, on on whose contracts are coming up, or uh, just as importantly, there's going to be a number of veteran. Tyrell Williams is, is is one of them. I know that he's been injured, but he's a quality wide receiver when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's already hit the open market, and he I think is going to command some some interest. He's not going to get the kind of contract he just got, um, you know, a couple of years ago. But he's going to be uh, in somebody's training camp. He'll sign a contract. But it's guys like that. Uh, and even better, really, that are going to hit the open market here pretty soon because teams like the Raiders have to get under the salary cap. So Nelson Aguilar has to be careful. Uh, and I, I know that there's interest uh, on his part, I'm sure, to go out on the open market and see what's out there for him. Um, this is going to be a, a real tough market for, for veteran free agent players because I think there's going to be a glut of players out there on that market and not a whole lot of money to spend in some cases, in a lot of cases. Yeah, that's a really good point, Vinny. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest, of course. He's coming up next from 4 to 6 on In the Huddle here on Raider Nation Radio. And, Vinny, just building off that, too, you talk about a glut of players maybe out there. So if you're a free agent, whether it's Nelson Aguilar or somebody else, um, does that mean you're going to be quicker to sign, perhaps, if somebody gives you a solid deal? Maybe it's not the deal you expected um, because there might, it might, might be a case of musical chairs. Uh, you know, What's your feeling on that? Um, yes. Uh, I also think that agents are going to want to do shorter term deals in order mm-hmm. to get their clients back on the open market when things get turned around. We have talked about this. Um, it's it's going to be a little while uh, before the salary cap situation gets, gets truly back on track because remember – uh, every time you see another dollar added to that uh, to that uh, floor, 
uh, to the new to whatever that new ceiling is, it, it represents players borrowing from the future. Uh, just to get it to right. 180 million dollars, they've borrowed a lot of money against future uh, future revenue in order to get it to the, to, to that point. So uh, f- you know, for the next few years after this, and I don't know how much longer, but we, we can definitely say in the next few years at least, players are going to be paying back what they're borrowing from from uh, future salary caps. So it's not going to s- stabilize or or get back on track for a little while. So you have to play that game uh, as well. But if I'm a Nelson Aguilar uh, or, or any player out there, I need my agent to do his job or, or her job. <laughs> and I need them to understand. And I, by saying by, what I really mean by that is understand the room. Know the room. Do your homework. Mm-hmm. Find out what's truly out there. Find out what's truly possible. Understand what other teams' needs are and what wide receivers are going to hit the open market. And get a realistic market for me. I don't want somebody that's going to be unrealistic and I'm sitting here waiting, twiddling my thumbs without a job as all these other wide receivers go off the board. I need you to be decisive. I need you to understand what's truly out there. And when something fair comes along, let's go ahead and take it. Yep, no doubt. Vinny Bonsignor coming up at 4 o'clock here on In the Huddle on Raider Nation Radio. Vinny, thanks again as always. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, guys. Have a good one. Take care. Bye. Bye, Vinny. All right, there you go, Vinny Bonsignor. Good stuff. Um, and uh, we are coming towards the end of this show. Scott, By the way, can to, I interrupt y- real quick? Yeah, go right ahead. I just want to give you one of the names because I looked at my notes that I oh. had heard from one of the GMs, Xavier Woods. Oh, Xavier Woods, yeah. Yeah, yeah remember yeah. I'd mentioned him before, so that's the yes. guy I was trying to think of. I'm sorry. That's okay. No worries. Uh, hey, listen, my, my brain sometimes isn't functioning on the show, and I can't find my notes, and I know exactly what you mean. There's too much going on swimming through the head. Uh, but tomorrow, by the way, we will be broadcasting again live from the Raiders facility in Henderson. Uh, Evan Grote will be with me, as well as some other guests that I'll tell you tomorrow. So you'll be able to see. But we will be talking Raider football. We'll be talking about NFL football. And in the couple minutes left that we have left on the show, since this will be the last time Hondo and I do a show here on Raider Nation Radio, I just want to thank Hondo. You know, Hondo, having you on the show first as a guest when we first went on the air uh, and all that stuff, you know, fans love to read you. They love to talk to you. Uh, I know other fans don't like you, but that's our business, right? Some like us, some don't. But I will tell you that as a colleague and as a friend, uh, you have been uh, so stellar for me, and I appreciate that. I appreciate always the loyalty, the advice, and uh, the, the, the constant contact and work that we did together over the course of this year, and especially here on Raider Nation Radio. It was always fun doing shows with you, man, and I appreciate you, and I know that uh, there's still massive things ahead for you and the Raider Maven website with the staff you have there and everything you're doing. So I want to thank you for your contribution. Thanks, buddy, and I appreciate and love you, man. Yeah, same here, and it's uh, it's uh, it'll roll on. And I invite you guys make sure you follow if you don't already follow Hondo, follow him on Twitter at Hondo Carpenter, and also make sure you check out the Sports Illustrated Raider Maven website, which he publishes really good stuff, always a, a good point of view, and gives it from all sides, which is something that you don't always get today. So for Hondo Carpenter, for our producer and engineer back in the studio, Demon Cotton, I am Scott Branson. Thank you again for being with us today. We'll be back here tomorrow at 2 o'clock on Silver and Black Today on Raider Nation Radio.